Welcome back to Time Travel Rock here on 90.3 KRNU. This is Jackson Reddick here, and today we'll be diving into yet another person or band this afternoon slash late evening. Uh, tonight I'll be talking about Bob Seger. Uh, Bob Seger is such a great artist. He has, you know, he hasn't made a whole lot. He never made a whole lot of music, but any music that he made was superb and spectacular. Great music. Uh, starting off with, with Seeger's life, he was born in Detroit, Michigan. Um, his father was a medical technician for the Ford Motor Company, so that's you know why the family was in Michigan or in Detroit at the time, is that was a very large uh, population of the jobs there. Uh, in 1956, uh, Seeger's dad abandoned him when he was 10 years old, moved, left the family. Uh, his dad was a person that really got him into music, as his dad played multiple instruments. Uh, his father moving to California, it hurt Seeger's family financially. They were struggling. Uh, Seeger's life inspirations in music, per se, would be Little Richard and, of course, Elvis Presley. Uh, that's who he is cited as to, you know, starting his motivations as wanting to get into music. Uh, Come Go With Me by the Dell Vikings was his first ever record that he bought. Uh, he said that record really hit a chord with him. Uh, in 1961, he fronted a three-piece band, the Disciples, or the Decibels, excuse me. Uh, that was the first band that he played, and he played guitar, piano, keyboards, and vocals. Uh, Pete Stranger was on, on guitar, and R.B. was on drums. Uh, they all went to Ann Arbor High School in Michigan, so they all knew each other. They all had a history with one another. Uh, in the band recorded an acetate demo of the song called The Lonely One at Del Shannon's studio. Uh, it was the first ever song that Bob Seeger got on the radio. Uh, the Decibels disbanded and Seeger joined the Town Criers. Uh, Seeger led vocals with John Fliss on bass, Pep Perrine on drums, and Larry Mason on lead guitar. Uh, in 1963, James Brown record Live at the Apollo was the favorite record of the band. They listened to it all the time. They wanted to take inspirations from that record. Uh, Seeger was also influenced by the Beatles a whole lot when they came to America in 1964, as unsurprisingly, a lot of people were inspired by the Beatles when they first came to America. And then Seeger and Glenn Fry, a member of the Eagles, the two of them knew that the key to success in the industry was to get on the radio. The next group that Bob Seger would join after leaving the Town Criers would be Doug Brown and the Omens. Uh, when Seger first joined them, he wasn't necessarily the lead singer. He would cover some R&B songs that the group would do, uh, but Doug Brown was the, usually the, the lead singer on most of the songs. Uh, Seeger actually appeared on the official recording in 1965, the single TGIF, uh, along with First Girl, which was uh, Doug Brown and the Omens, technically, but Seeger was on there, so he was credited a little bit. Um, but then while he was a member of the Omens, he met his manager at the time, Edward Punch Andrews. Uh, he, at the time, was partnered with Dave Leon, uh, running with the Hideout franchise. Uh, and then that was had a club of four locations from Clawson to Rochester Hills where local acts would play in a small-scale record label. Uh, Seeger began writing and producing for other acts that Punch Andrews was managing at the time. Uh, Seeger and Doug Brown were then approached by Punch and Leon to write a song for the Underdogs, another local band who recently had a hit called Man in the Glass. Uh, Seeger contributed to a song called East Side Story, which 
ultimately provided to be a very large fail for the group. Seeger decided to record Eastside's story by himself and officially left the Omens, but he and Doug Brown continued to keep their relationship together. He kept Doug Brown in on as a producer. Uh, as Seeger and The Last Heard, Seeger released his version of the song with Hideout Records in January 1966, and it became his first big hit in Detroit. It really got him off of his feet. Uh, it got him a landing spot somewhat in the city of Detroit and the Detroit music scene. Uh, with that, he sold 50,000 copies, uh, backed with another East Side Sound, an instrumental version of the East Side Story. Uh, that sold 50,000 copies, mostly in the Detroit area, which then led to a contract with Cameo Parkway Records. Uh, through the name, the last heard originally referred to the collection of omens and town criers who restored East Side Story with Seeger. It soon became the name of Seeger's permanent band, which consisted of former town crier Pep Perrine on drums, Carl Lagasa on guitar, and Dan Honecker on bass. Following East Side Story, the group released four more singles, the James Brown-inspired holiday single Saga to Me Santa, the Dylan-esque Persecution Smith, Vagrant Winter, and perhaps the most notable Heavy Music released in 1967. Uh, through this, Seeger and The Last Herd were just really trying to figure themselves out. They were trying to find their way, almost. They were just trying to break through. Uh, but then, what really, the Bob Seeger system came after the Cameo Parkway folded. Uh, Seeger and Punch began looking for a new label in the spring of 1968. Bob Seeger and The Last Herd signed with major label Capitol Records, turning down the Motown Records, who offered more money than Capitol. But Seeger just didn't think that his style of music, his the way he wanted to do things, fit the genre of the Motown scene. Uh, Capital changed the name of the band to the Bob Seeger System, wanting to highlight more of Seeger and his talents that he had. Uh, Carl Lagasa left the band and keyboard player Bob Schultz joined. The System's first single with Capital was the anti-war message song 2 plus 2 equals. And with 2 plus 2 equals, it was really an anti-war song, uh, like I just said. Uh, and it wasn't more of Seeger showing off his singing prowess as more as it was having a song with a message to it. And it wasn't even subliminal messaging. It was just straight up, you know, the point that came across was telling the fact that, yes, you can be so young, but the things that is going on out in Vietnam at the time, and it was just not what the average kid was wanting to do or had any real interest in. Uh, you know, you can... There's a part where he had himself a girlfriend and you, you made them say goodbye. Now he's buried in the mud over foreign jungle land and his girl just sits and cries. She just doesn't understand. So you say he died for freedom. Well, if he died to save your lies, go ahead and call me yellow. It's just It, it goes on to the fact of just showing what the music was like at the time and there was a lot of anti-war propaganda and the two plus two it was originally a single but then it was put on to uh, Bob Seeger's first ever album Ramble and Gamble and Land that came out in 1969 so here for you now I will play two plus two equals question mark by Bob Seeger <laughs> I don't want to kill nobody But 
Seeger, though, that first um, single of 2 plus 2 equals question mark. Uh, it was a real hit in Detroit. It was number one on radio stations in Buffalo, New York, and Orlando, Florida, of all places. But anywhere else in the United States, it just went largely unnoticed. Uh, people didn't really listen to it at all. It didn't chart nationally at all in the U.S. Uh, it was the Canadian national hit, though, peaking at number 79 overall. Uh, the second single from the Bob Seger system at the time was Ramblin' Gamblin' Man. The first real hit that Bob Seger had that was uh, national. Uh, again, it was a major hit in Michigan, but it, uh, again, it became a national hit, peaking at number 17 at the time. Uh, it, that song re- led to the initial release of the overall album that the band created titled The Ramblin' Gamblin' Man, uh, which the album reached all the way to number 62 on the Billboard Pop Albums chart. Uh, and Glenn Frey, somebody who I talked about earlier, had his first studio gig singing backup and playing guitar on The Ramblin' Gamblin' Man, and Glenn, Flay, Glenn, ugh, Glenn Frey later on would go play for the Eagles. So he started his career off with Bob Seger and was able to take it somewhere way further than that. And with that first really hit single, Ramblin' Gamblin' Man, it had the the vibes of a more upbeat, 
uh, it was just straight up guitar and drums and you can hear it and Seeger's just kind of vibing along with everything there's no real uh, you're just going to listen to him sing he just kind of goes along with everything that's that's happening in the background uh, it's an upbeat vibey kind of song and here is Bob Seeger's rambling gambling man Seeger, though, after the album release of Ramblin' Gamblin' Man, the band really took a hard downturn really, really fast. Uh, for the next album, singer-slash-songwriter Tom Neem joined the system, ultimately writing and singing the majority of the songs that the band created, for which the band was, of course, heavily criticized for. The 1969 album Noah failed the chart whatsoever, leading, leading Seeger to briefly quit the music industry and attend college. Uh, he returned the following year and put out the system's final album, 1970's Mongrel, this time without Neem. Bob Schultz left the band as well and being replaced by Dan Watson. Mongrel, with the powerful single Lucifer, was considered to be a strong album by many of the critics and Detroit fans. But once again, for Seeger just failed to do well in the United States. Uh, overall, the Bob Seeger sound system was later then inducted into the Michigan Rock and Roll Legends Hall of Fame, which, you know, for Seeger himself, he thinks is a great achievement, but it was not where he had the majority of his success. Uh, post failure of the Bob Seeger system, Seeger then went solo. 
after 1970s mongrel really failed to live up to anything uh, failed to live up to the uh, its predecessor ramble and gamble and man uh, for a short period of time after the breakup seeger had ambitions to really be a one-man act uh in 1971, he released his first solo album, All Acoustic, Brand New Morning. Uh, again, another commercial failure, which led his departure from Capitol Records, as he was just kind of seen as a, a sore thumb, basically. He wasn't really doing anything to contribute to the record company whatsoever. Uh, and then Seeger then having the solo failures you know had him wanting to look for a band again he played for the duo tea garden and van winkle who in 1970 had a hit single with god love and rock and roll uh, together they recorded smoking ops in 1972 released on punch andrew's own palladium records the album mainly consisted of covers and then a minor hit of tim harden's if i were a carpenter which came out to be number 76 in the united states Though it did feature Someday, a new Seeger original, and the re-release of Heavy Music, the album reached 180 on the Billboard Top 200, so there was a little bit of momentum for Seeger. Uh, after spending most of 1972 touring with Teagarden and Van Winkle, Seeger left the duo to put together a new backing band, referred to as both My Band and the Borneo Band, made up of musicians from Tulsa, Oklahoma. Jamie Oldeker, Dick Sims, and Marcy Levy were all members of My Band, before joining Eric Clapton's backing band. As in 1973, Seeger put out back in 72, recorded partly with the Muscle Shoals Rhythm Section, a renowned group of session musicians who had records with the likes of J.J. Kale and Aretha Franklin. Uh, Aretha Franklin, obviously such a huge Detroit, Michigan person. So for Seeger, he wanted to pick from people who had, you know, came from where he came from. Uh, according to Seeger, there was real financial hardships with the musicians. They offered to record him for $1,500 a side, in which he took to mean $1,500 per album side. When he found out that the $1,500 meant per song, he left after recording three songs, but resolved to work with them later on in the future. It's just a little bit of confusion from the young man about <laughs> what money he had to pay. Uh, Back in 72 featured the studio version of Seeger's latest live classic, Turn the Page, which is one of Seeger's best songs that he has ever recorded. I will play it here sooner than later. Uh, and then Rosalie, a song Seeger wrote about CKLW music director Rosalie Trombley, which was later recorded then by Thin Lizzy. And then I've been working a song originally by Van Morrison, which was a strong influence on Seeger's music musical development. Uh, despite the strength of Seeger's backup musicians, the album only reached 188 on the U.S. charts and has since faded into obscurity. But Turn the Page has really turned into a, I don't really want to say cult classic, but just a really, really good song. And for here from you now, I will play Turn the Page by Bob Seeger. Can listen to the engine moaning out as one old song. You can think about the woman or the girl you knew the night before. But your thoughts will soon be wandering 
the way they always do when you're riding 16 hours and there's nothing much to do and you don't feel much like riding you just wish the trip was through See, here I am on the road again. There I am up on the stage. Here I go playing star again. There I go turn the page. Well, you walk into a restaurant Strung out from the road And you feel the eyes upon you As you're shaking off the cold You pretend it doesn't bother you But you just want to explode Most times you can't hear them talk other times you can't all the same old cliches is that a woman or a man and you always seem outnumbered you don't dare make a stand here i am on the road again stage here I go playing star again there I go Cigarette, remembering what she said. Ah, here I am on the road again. There I am up on the stage. Here I go playing star again. There I go.
1974, Bob Seger created his final ever band, the Silver Bullet Band, uh, where the original members were guitarist Drew Abbott, drummer and backing vocalist Charlie Allen Martin, keyboardist and backing vocalist Rick Manassa, bass guitarist Chris Campbell, and saxophonist and backing vocalist Alto Reed. Uh, with the new band, sitting in occasionally, Seeger released the album Seven in 1974, which contained, uh, which contained the Detroit area rock hard hit "Get Out of Denver." This track was a modic success and charted at number 80 nationally. In uh, 1975, Seeger then returned to Capitol Records and released the album "Beautiful Loser" with help from the Silver Bullet Band, with uh, new keyboardist at the time Robin Robbins replacing Manassa on his cover of the teeny of the <laughs> excuse me Tina Turner penned "Nutbush City Limits." But the biggest hit on Seeger's album Beautiful Loser would be the single Catman Do, which was featured in the 1985 movie Mask, starring Cher, uh, which was Seeger's first real national breakout track since Ramblin' Gamblin' Man. Uh, it did miss the U.S. Pop Top 40, peaking at number 43 overall, but the song received such strong airplay in several markets nationwide, including Seeger's hometown, Detroit, Michigan. Here is Bob Seeger's and the Silver Bullet Band's Catman Do. If I ever 
As for the Bob Seger and the Bullet Band, their real push-through was in 1976 when they produced their album Live Bullet as the band uh, performed and recorded over two nights in Detroit's Kobo Arena in September of 1975. Uh, It contained a lot of Seger's classics at the point. Uh, It had a rendition of Nutbush City Limits, uh, and from earlier when I played Turn the Page, that was that live version uh, back in 72, it also included, uh, you know, his successful releases, Heavy Music and Ramblin' Gamblin' Man. But what people, a song, a couple songs have really stuck. Uh, critic Dave Marsh, uh, he was a radio talk show host. He was an early editor of, of Creme Magazine, has written for various publications, Newsday, Rolling Stone, and other things. He said that uh, Live Bullet is one of the best live albums ever made. Uh, and particularly with the medley Traveling Man and Beautiful Loser. Uh, it sounded, you know, it was a point with 
traveling man, Seeger is a guy who is really on top of things. And then with Beautiful Loser, it's like he is talking about his final ever shot at getting to the big time. Uh, the two songs, they go step in step with one another. Two really, really good songs. Uh, I'll play those for you in just both those songs in just a second. Uh, but Live Bullet was a hit in Detroit. It was a bestseller, and it really got attention from other parts of the United States as well. Uh, it sold a lot better than Seeger's previous albums. Uh, he was getting played on progressive rock and album-oriented rock airplay on the on the radios, and it really allowed Seeger to headline more rock and roll concerts. Uh, but the funniest, his popularity was such a, it was very bipolar, I would say, uh, the best word to use for it. As Seeger in 1976, of June of 1976, he was a feature performer at the Pontiac Silverdome, no longer a thing in Detroit right now, as Ford Field is the, is the main place in Detroit for concerts and things like that. But he played in front of almost 80,000 fans. And the next night, he found himself in only in front of a few thousand in Chicago. So he was just such a... I mean, his hometown really supported him, and Detroit, Michigan was there for Bob Seger when he was trying to become famous, and they were there for, you know, his ups and his downs. And I I think that right there, playing in front of 80,000 when he was just getting started, I think that really showed to the impact that he had on his, you know, where he was from. But uh, not to keep you waiting any longer, here is Traveling Man and Beautiful Loser back-to-back for you. Up with the sun, gone with the wind. She always said I was lazy Leaving my home, leaving my friends Running when things get too crazy Out to the road, out neath the stars Feeling the breeze, passing the cars Women have come, women have gone Everyone trying to cage me, yeah Uh, Some were so sweet, I barely got free Others, they only enraged me Sometimes at night, I see their faces I feel the traces they've left on my soul Those are the memories that make me a wealthy soul I tell you those are the memories that make me a wealthy soul Oh, oh, oh. 
Now is the time where I was looking forward to the most setting up this episode, and that is talking about the album by Bob Seger, released in 1976, titled Night Moves. And the title track, Night Moves itself, is uh, it is probably my favorite song of all time. It is just such a beautiful, beautiful song. Uh, it's you know every time i hear the the beginning of that guitar playing uh, it just it, i don't know it almost just puts me somewhere else i'm not you know i just i i want to feel like i am in the song that i am just so immersed of what is going on i it's uh it's just it's a really good song i, I don't sometimes i don't really know how to describe it it is it is beautiful i you know, it's just, it feels like a, for me, when I love to listen to this song the most, a beautiful summer night, I'm in my car, my windows are down, I'm just driving, and I, and if that is when it feels like, because this song is more of a, it's kind of, it's a summertime song, uh, you know, you look through the lyrics, uh, you know, they're in the summertime, and it's basically Bob Seger, you know, and, and a woman, basically, and it's how they didn't really know each other and they just wanted love and it, it wasn't really something that they were trying to have for a long time for a serious time but it was just love nonetheless and uh lyrics of trying to lose the awkward teenage blues uh, you know they were working on our night moves we we're getting our share uh, i used her she used me but neither one cared it, it's just uh it's such a great song um and then you know there's a kind of a uh, the slow part of the song right after that right after the second verse uh, and like the the real big part of the song I woke last night to the sound of thunder how far off I sat and wondered started humming a song from 1962 ain't it funny how the night moves when you just don't seem to have as much to lose strange how the night moves uh, it's just ah it's such a great song uh you know, and I think it's just one of those things where so many things, you know, as a as a young person, is kind of what this song is relating to. Probably somebody in high school, maybe somebody in college. That you know, no matter what happens, the night moves along, and whatever happens in the night happens. Uh, and it is such a great song. The acoustic guitar in the background is so fun. I've tried so many times to learn the song myself, and I just I can't do what Bob Seger does or whoever is playing the guitar in this. They're playing the guitar and they're slapping it at the same time. It's just, it's really hard to do. I've tried doing it myself. It is not the easiest. But nonetheless, here is Bob Seger's Night Moves. Could have used a few pounds Tight pants, points, hollering down She was a black-haired beauty with big dark eyes And points all her own, sudden way up high Way up firm and high Out past the cornfields where the woods got heavy Out in the back seat of my 60 Chevy Working on mysteries without any clues 
Working on our night moves Trying to make some front page driving news Working on our night moves In the summertime Some high in the sky song We were just young and restless and bored Living by the sword And we steal away every chance we could the Back room to the alley or the trusty woods I used her, she used me, but neither one cared We were getting our share Working on our nightmare Trying to lose an awkward teenage blues Working on a nightmare And it was summertime Sweet summertime, summertime the lightning yeah and waited on the thunder And it's funny how the night moves When you just don't seem to have as much to lose Strange how the night moves With autumn closing in
As we approach the ending of this second episode of Time Travel Rock here on 90.3 KRNU, uh, just I'll play one final song for you, and I'll play it at the end of this. And it is, to me, probably my second favorite uh, Bob Seger song. After the success of Night Moves, uh, Bob Seger, they then released their next studio album, Stranger in Town. That album had some amazing hits on there. Hollywood Nights, still the same. Uh, Old Time Rock and Roll, as you would know that song if you've ever seen the movie Risky Business and you've seen Tom Cruise dance to it in his underwear. So, I mean, I'm sure you have heard that song over and over again. It is a very popular hit. Uh, It reached number 12 on the Billboard Hot 100. Uh, actually, excuse me, that was Hollywood Nights. Old time, <clears throat> old time rock and roll peaked at number two, actually. So that is that is that is what it's got going for it. But again, yeah, Tom Cruise and Risky Business uh, danced the song in his underwear. It has been since ranked the second most played jukebox single of all time, which is eh, it's crazy to me to think about. Uh, but going to Against the Wind. That album actually went on to win two Grammy Awards, and as of 2006, both Stranger in Town, another song in the album, and Against the Wind had sold over, or Stranger in Town, I'm sorry, excuse me, the album Stranger in Town, along with Against the Wind, have sold over 5 million copies each in the United States. Just both really, really good albums, really beautiful music by Bob Seger and the Silver Bullet Band on each of them. But I wanted to end this with Against the Wind, such a beautiful song just about how life changes. You know, some people you think that are there for you really aren't. Uh, and it's just, and it's about being by yourself basically and going against the grain of, of life and how things go. And I think it's a beautiful way to wrap up this second episode of Time Travel Rock. Thank you again for listening. I hope you have a good rest of your Saturday evening. And one final time, here is Bob Seeger's Against the Wind. But it was long ago Jane, it was lovely, she was a queen of my night There in the darkness with the radio playing low And the secrets that we share The mountains that we move left to prove And I remember what she said to me How she swore that it never would end I remember how she held me oh so tight Wish I didn't know now what I didn't know then Against the wind We were running against the wind Further and further from my home And I 
guess I lost my way There were oh so many roads I was living to run and running to live Never worried about paying or even how much I owe So I'm